Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. And good morning, everybody. Welcome, Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle. Watch us, MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed, Bruce Hurdle at, at Eric Goodman. On Wednesday, there's an auction for construction and contracting equipment, including new skid steer attachments, motor graders, wheel loaders, truck tractors, trailers, and more. Get involved, get notifications at rollerauction.com backslash MHS, and the auction is open right now. Good morning, and I'm guessing you're feeling nice and warm. This is your type of weather. Yeah. Okay, time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smokin' Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. Nuggets fans are furious right now. If they hated Carmelo Anthony before, wow, they really hate him now. He went on a podcast yesterday and apparently feels disrespected that the Nuggets gave Nikola Jokic number 15. Look me in my eyes. You had to feel a way when they gave Jokic <laughs> that 15, bro, because that's mellow. Hell yeah. Did you think it was a petty maneuver? It was a petty maneuver. It wasn't like, oh, we got numbers to choose from. It was like, here. Take this one. You got 15. Ooh. And y'all put Jokic in the middle of that. He don't know what the f*** He don't even care. He could have been like, I want to wear 15. He could have been like, 15 is here. I can wear 15. Oh, that's Melo's number. You know what I mean? Like, just pay homage. I don't know. He could have wore because he wanted to pay homage. Right. But what I believe is that they gave him 15 to try to erase what you did. What I did. Your accomplishments over there. That's crazy. I used to think about it. I don't think about this shit no more, though. Yeah. Because what's meant to be is meant to be. Get over yourself, for God's sake. Is he wrong? Just, is he wrong? Just get over yourself. Is he wrong? I don't know. Was he there when they gave Jokic the number? So he's really familiar with the whole process and how it played out. I, I mean, and even if and even if he was, it, it's just, it's petty, all right. Yeah, it's petty. On his mm-hmm. part. Yes. I mean, just get over yourself. Uh, please. We're talking about a number, uh, and and by the way, I I get it, and I know that Mello has a spot in some people's hearts in this community in in Nuggets history. He's earned that; that's fine. But he didn't do a damn thing here to elevate basketball. He didn't. It, it, I, did he get to a final? Did he get to a championship? I mean. What Alec, excuse me for the view from the outside looking in, but I have the same view of him here as I did in New York. A lot of me. Give me the ball. I'll score. Sorry. To me, this is like, I think it would be proper at some point to retire the number 15 for both players. That hasn't changed, but stop your whining. Alex, you agree? I, I, I think it's impossible to th- to know that uh, a second round pick from Serbia will turn into the best player in franchise history. And right, you you don't know that. And they they gave it to Anthony Randolph before Jokic wore the fifteen. So it's not like that they gave Jokic the you know Carmelo's number. Okay, I've listened to both of you guys. You go right ahead. 
both of you are certainly in the mainstream on this. I'm just going to give you something to think about here. Give you something to think about. I think Carmelo is about 80% right in what he is saying. Why? Okay. Let's start with this. Give me, before Nikola Jokic, give me two or three of the top players in Nuggets history before Nikola Jokic. Alex English. Yep. David Thompson. Dan Issel. Fat Lieber. Okay. But give me the top three, not in any order. I mean, to me, to me, it's English, maybe, Issel, Carmelo. This is why. What did what did Carmelo Anthony do? No, he never got him to a final. Was he selfish on the floor? Absolutely. Both of those things are 100% true. What were they before he got here? The worst franchise in basketball. They had won 17 games. The year before, they won 27 games. He walks in the door. They instantly become relevant. Is Floyd Little... One of the greatest Broncos of all time when you look at top three? No, he's not. No. He might not even be top five. But what is he best remembered for? The franchise. He made the Broncos somewhat relevant. Is that fair to say? Yes. That's exactly what Carmelo Anthony did. That is his contribution. You can be upset all day he never went to the finals. You can be upset that he didn't, you know, pass the ball as much and play enough defense. All of those things are 100% true. When Alex English retired, they never gave the number two out again. When Dan Issel retired, they never gave out the number 44 again. Carmelo Anthony, when he left, for whatever reason he left, and there's a whole backstory behind it that nobody wants to believe because there's a lot of misinformation out there. Maybe we'll talk about it in the next hour, but I just want to get these points across. Anthony Randolph should have never gotten the number 15, ever. This is not about Jokic at all. It just so happens Jokic got it after Anthony Randolph and turned into one of the best players in the league. That's not Jokic's fault. That's not Carmelo Anthony's fault. He was asked the question, and now that particular number is owned literally by Nikola Jokic And I get it. He has nothing against Nikola Jokic, and he has nothing against Anthony Randolph. Because he demanded to get out, and I understand it, the Nuggets gave this guy who made this franchise relevant. Every single year he was here, they made the playoffs. Got knocked out in the first round almost every single year, Mm -hmm. except for one year. But he made them relevant. They were on national television all the time, and he's one of the best offensive players to ever play the game of basketball. Not one of the greatest players, one of the best offensive players. He was absolutely unstoppable as an offensive force. And people will say, well, he didn't make his teammates better. Did Dominique Wilkins make his teammates better? Did Charles Barkley make his teammates better? You can say that about any player who doesn't pass the ball. Yeah. Did he did he make them better? No, he didn't make them better. And it is not Carmelo's Carmelo Anthony's fault. The Mark Warkentine and the three-headed monster put together a box full of misfit toys that did not fit together. There was never any leadership on that team. And you can say, well, Carmelo Anthony should have been the leader. You're born a leader. Either you are or you're not. He wasn't. They finally realized that after the Allen Iverson debacle, and they brought in Chauncey Billups. Carmelo Anthony's not a leader. 
Is he a kind of a selfish player on the floor? All of those things are true. No, he's more than kind of, but anyway. They never should have given Anthony Randolph the number, and they did because they were pissed on how it finished. Okay, well, I, was, they, I didn't hear the word Anthony Randolph. I heard Nikola Jokic. So I'm talking about the specific re- remarks as it relates to Nikola Jokic. Well, he, it sounds whiny. It sounds it. It, it yes. sounds whiny. It sounds like, like I under- I'm going to take my ball and go home. I, I mean, and and look, nothing changes. Carmelo was a unique talent, a unique score. He was all of the things that you admire about a particular player. Carmelo deserves. This He's is, a Hall of Famer. This period. is this is what was petty. They gave the number to Anthony Randolph. That's what was petty. They never should have done it. They should have treated him like Alex English. And oh, by the way, I don't remember Alex English being some great defensive player, and he wasn't slinging the ball around making his teammates better. He was a mid-range shooter. Was Alex English honestly a guy who made his teammates better? Can we really say that about him? No. Well, you're taking the argument and now evolving it into something larger, which I respect. No, because it's the argument against Carmelo Anthony didn't make his teammates better. You're right. He didn't. He didn't pass the ball enough. He didn't play enough. Well, he wasn't interested in doing it. He was interested in scoring. Let me give you a let me give you a quote here to to back up your point. Right. I was talking to Jeff Bizdelic many, many years ago, and he walked up to Carmelo and said, Carmelo, we need you to play some defense. And Carmelo said, I didn't play any at Syracuse, and I won a championship. I don't need to play it here. All the points that people bring up are absolutely true. But the point is, he is one of the most important figures in the history of this organization because of when he started and this franchise was so bad, they were on national television all the time. Yeah. You got to watch him in Wichita. And every time he was on the floor, you knew they had a chance to win. And oh, by the way, when you talk when you want to talk about clutch shooters, there are very few guys in the league at that time you wanted the ball in their hands with under five seconds to go. Yeah. He routinely hit clutch shots, but he's treated like garbage around here. Truth is, a lot of the things people say are true. What he said yesterday was very much taken out of context, even in Carmelo's own mind. <laughs> the problem was not Nikola Jokic, who is beloved. He's got nothing to do with this. Nothing. I agree. To do with this. Well, this is what Jokic has to do with it. What Jokic has to do with it is he has completely now erased the memory of Carmelo Anthony because now Carmelo doesn't even have a number to hold on to. David Thompson wore number 33. Three guys wore that number after him. Nine players wore Fat Lever's number, number 12. Aaron Williams wore Dikembe Mutombo's number after Dikembe left. All three of those jerseys are retired. They never should have. Out of spite, they never should have given the number to anyone then i like, wish Mello had said that because well, that's not what he said well you know what i guess i'm his brain in this case but if he was sitting here and he was sitting across the table from both of us and i explained to him that way i think he'd backtrack and say that's what i meant they never should have given out my number and you know what he's right yeah i just don't think nikola Jokic has any part in that conversation no, he, none period it's none. it sounds like he is beating up on our favorite child. It just so happens when they gave it to Jokic, and I know all the arguments, 
it was a second-round pick, and he was taken during a Taco Bell commercial. Nobody expected him to do that. Nobody expected Anthony Randolph to do that either. It, the problem with— They never should have given the number 15 to Anthony Randolph, Jokic, or anybody else. The problem- they should have left it open like they did with Alex English and Dan Issel, and Alex English is a Hall of Fame player. Carmelo right. Anthony, Hall of Fame player. I don't even know if Dan Issel is in the Hall of Fame. Oh, no. Um, the problem with the remark is that it fits the exact thought that we have about Carmelo Anthony. He said it. I mean, the point is, to your point, you got to take somebody at their word. Uh, and right. I get it. Yep. But if he was sitting across the table from me and I said, you're not. And by the way, he did say somewhere in that podcast, he goes, I'm not upset with Nicole Jokic at all. No, he did say that. You're right. So, so what's the problem? What's what's everybody up in arms about? Because, because he left out the whole thing about them giving the number to someone else before he immediately went to Nikola Jokic. Because and, he's, and the, 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 he's the, whole, the only relevant number fifteen, and the only and and so then the whole erase culture, you know, thing that 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 Mello is talking about, which I think is kind of silly anyway. We remember Mello. I re. I wasn't even here. Let, let me and ask I think you. of Mello. Let me ask you again. If we explained it to him this way, the words he he said it wrong. But I not, mean, you're big on that, Eric. You're you're pretty big on that. His words. I, I look. I'm with you. You know him. You have a relationship. No, he's with not him. my buddy. We don't go I didn't drinking say together. That. I didn't say that, but you know him, so you've been around him. No, it's logical. He's one of the best players in franchise history. No one's arguing that. He should have been treated like Alex No English. one is arguing that Melo is one of the greatest of all time. He's one of the greatest Knicks of all time. Scores. And the problem Scores. is... And I the haven't prob- you there. And the problem is... No, he's one of the greatest players. No, he's not. Really? No, he's, he's one not. of the greatest players in it. Yes, he is. No, he's Name not. me Nick players that are better than Carmelo Anthony. Name me Nuggets players that are... Oh. He's one of the best players okay. in both franchises' I'll, histories. I'll, I'll go with Patrick Ewing. I'll go with Willis Reed. Um, they're, they're, I, Keep going. He's one. Of, I'm saying he's one of the best Knicks ever. Fine. He's one of Thanks the best... Thanks for making my argument. He's one of the best Nuggets ever. I'm, that's that's fine, but he handled this poorly. Yes, he did. And, I, and, I agree with you. And he handled it poorly. Say it better. Say right. it better. So they took his exact words, and they should, because you, you are held accountable for the words that come out of your mouth. That's not what he meant. Well, I love the way that you take people at their word, but then sometimes very conveniently read between the lines. Well, I Because you do it a lot. Well, you know what? You do just the opposite ah, of here me, we go. and it's just as bad. Uh, there you go. Well, Isn't now it? we agree with things. Okay. Now we're all on the same page. Coming up after the break, as we've gotten off to a hot start this morning, <laughs> yesterday was one of the most memorable days in Broncos history. Today, arguably one of the worst. That's next.
Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us, mylifesports.com. You can reach us. Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman on Wednesday. There's an auction for construction and contracting equipment, including new skid steer attachments, motor graders, wheel loaders, truck tractors, trailers, and more. Get involved. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com. Backslash MHS. The auction is open right now at rollerauction.com. In the meantime, yes, it is going to be cold outside. For about five days. Right. But head on up to... Broomfield and Siltahar Mazda because you're going to be inside. You take this car for a test drive. A plug-in hybrid CX90 SUV. It'll be plenty warm inside that car. When you buy this ride, $7,500 federal rebate. You might also qualify for an additional $5,000 credit from the state of Colorado. They have a great new showroom, state-of-the-art stuff that you got to go see. It is no hassle buying. No one's running out, especially in this weather, but nobody's running out to your car when you park. No one is running out to your car when you park. And I hate when, <laughs> when salespeople do that. Right. No hassle, easy buying experience, great financing options. Siltar Mazda and Broomfield or find them online at sthmazda.com. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Bounce Empire in Lafayette, a 50,000-square-foot indoor amusement park for adults, kids, and families reimagined. I don't know what it is about the month of January in football. I do know what it is. And then also the month of October in baseball, where you can pretty much throw a dart at that calendar and find something historic Mm. in the NFL on January that happened on that date. Yeah. Okay. Yesterday, anniversary of the drive. Today is the anniversary of one of the worst days in Broncos history. Ravens beat the Broncos 38-35. 2012 divisional playoff game, a game that I was there at covering it. Raheem Moore allowed Jacoby Jones to get behind him for a TV under a minute to play. Game went to overtime. Game known as the Mile High Miracle. What, from afar, because you were in Wichita at the time, do you remember about that game? Just the suddenness of which that the Broncos, first of all, that the Broncos lost, but the suddenness with which they lost in a game that they have appeared that they were going to win. Yeah. Um, but the play itself was, how do you get in a position to get beat like that? I'm going to tell you how it happened because sure. Raheem Moore said it after the game. He said he was going for the interception. Mm-hmm. He said he was going for the interception. And I remember at the time talking about it, thinking you did not have to be the hero. All you had to do is knock it away. That's it. And he tried to be the hero with a big pick, and instead he got burned. Just to take you back to that season, this is arguably one of the greatest Broncos teams of all time. It was hands down, not even close, the best team of the Manning era. What do I mean? What I'm about to tell you is not hyperbole. Remember, I covered that team as well. This defense in 2012 was on par, easily on par with the 2015 defense, on par. Was it better? Probably not because they didn't make as many big splash plays as that one did. Who was on that team? Von Miller, young Von Miller, young Chris Harris, young Derek Wolf, Champ Bailey, 
and a veteran Elvis Doomerville. Yeah. Wow. That, that that's that's a pretty good defense. Okay. But their offense. Their offense was great. Unbelievable. Correct. Not as good as the following year. No. Which they picked up Russ Wes Welker, and they they picked up more uh, Julius Thomas. Mm-hmm. Started in 2013. Their offense just got better through the draft and free agency. They started that season two and three. Manning's first season, we're all like, oh, my God, what the hell's going on here? Is, you know, is Manning really going to be the guy? They rip off 11 straight wins. Yeah. Okay? Yep. They outscored their opponents, get this, 31 to 16 over their final 11 games. That's how good the offense was, and that's how dominant the defense was. So if I tell you 31 to 16, the 2015 team can say they were unbelievable, and they were unbelievable, but that's one hell of a run over 11 games. That included an absolute beatdown of Baltimore in Baltimore late in the season. Yeah. Okay? So they were loaded and ready to go. Game featured Trendon Holiday. He returned a punt and a kickoff for a touchdown. There was a pick six by the Ravens in that game. 28 points were scored in the opening 11 minutes. Multiple lead changes. And that game is not or was not going to be as cold as this game in Kansas City, but it was freezing. It was the fourth longest game in NFL history. And I remember as the game's winding down before that play, I'm sitting in the press box with Les Shapiro. He and I were not doing the show together at that time, but we always sat together in the press Mm. box. Everybody in the press box went onto the field to watch the end of the game. Right. Like you, I've been on the field too many times to count for the end of a game. Sure. A, it wasn't necessary to go out there. And B, it wasn't necessary to go out there and be bitterly cold. I was more than fine watching it from the press box. Right. I mean, I could get an interview on the field right after the game, but what's the difference between getting an interview on the field and getting an interview in the locker room? And at least I'm not freezing my ass off. So, the press box is empty, except for me and Les and Ozzie Newsom and the Ravens staff. And they are standing behind Les and I with their wool coats on, their briefcases. They're all bundled up, and they're just watching the end of the game from the press box. And they know the game is over. Yeah. Because they're standing behind us. They left their seats. Like everyone else knew the game was over. And Jacoby Jones catches that ball, and there's no cheering in the press box. They yelled at the top of their lungs when that play happened, and they ran right back to their seats. Isn't that so? It's a moment I will never forget. Because you see the play, you see Ozzie Newsom, his whole staff, and then you're thinking, oh my God, this is finally a game. Then, and and like the whole Carmelo Anthony thing in the last segment, I'm very much a contrarian on this. The Broncos get the ball back with 31 seconds to go. They're at their own nine-yard line, it, it, or 19-yard line. It is bitterly cold. And John Fox told Peyton Manning to take a knee. And John Fox was never forgiven for that, mm. ever. That eventually led, that was the first domino that led to the blowout in the Super Bowl to him eventually being let go and bringing in Gary Kubiak. Interesting. Now, do I think they should have kneeled down in that cold? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Peyton Manning wasn't having a Peyton Manning type of day. As a matter of fact, 
the game ended because he threw an interception that eventually led to the game-winning field goal. Right. Manning was very good that day, but he wasn't great that day. 31 seconds. I think they might have had all three timeouts. That hurts. But I didn't have a problem playing for overtime because the momentum had shifted so greatly Mm. go to overtime. But I see other people's arguments. Where, how did Peyton react to that afterwards? Was that one of the first things that he talked about? I don't, I don't remember. I mean, it's 2012. I don't remember him saying to saying anything about John Fox. Like we, to, to you know, he's, he's screwed up. The only time I really ever heard Peyton Manning criticize somebody at a press conference, I believe is when he criticized the scoreboard operator. <laughs> If he's sitting there, even at the zone 19, and he's Peyton Manning with three timeouts. It, make the case. I mean, you can make the case. You give me two chances to get the ball down the field, and you're still kicking an altitude, even in cold weather. Well, remember, you're also kicking a rock. Yeah, you are. It was are. freezing yeah, cold. Sure. It was windy that day. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, and I could be wrong, but if, if my memory serves, I believe they would have been kicking into the wind. Hmm. Yeah, that was uh, that was uh, it wasn't it wasn't worth the risk wasn't worth the reward. You're going to get the ball in right. time. Just the the watching it from afar, just the surprise because of because of what you basically just said. Um, I mean, everyone had the Broncos winning that game. They would have rolled to a Super Bowl. It was by far and away Manning's best team. Wow, the best offensive team was the following year. Yeah, okay. by far. The best defensive team was 2015, but the offense was awful. Yeah. 2013, the defense was good. And then towards, by the time they got to the Super Bowl, they were all banged up. Vaughn didn't play in the game. A bunch of guys didn't play in the game. But that team was loaded on both sides of the ball. Yeah. And the only game that I can think of, and I wasn't here for it, was that loss to Jacksonville that was worse. Huh. Right before they went on their run of winning two consecutive Super Bowls. But that was a really good football team that blew it that day. So is that the biggest, the one that got away in Broncos history? You can make the case it's the Jacksonville. Jacksonville? Yeah. But then again. That's a hard one. Then again, I think some players on that team would say, if we would have beaten Jacksonville, we would not have had the same oomph and drive to win the Super Bowl the following year. It's not to say that they wouldn't have, yeah. but that was so painful to these guys. There were guys who were in the weight room the next day. They were so upset about that Jacksonville loss. Wow. And oh, by the way, following the Ravens loss, they went to the Super Bowl the following year, of course, got their teeth kicked in by Seattle. Right. By the way, and here is your epilogue to the story. The following season, I be- was it the following season? The following season, oh, yeah, the Ravens won the Super Bowl, right? Team that wins the Super Bowl always plays the first game of the season, right? Yeah. They had to come here for the opening game of the season. I think there was something going on at their stadium where it was already booked for something. So they came here, and Peyton Manning threw seven touchdown passes yeah. in the opener. I do remember that. <coughs> I do remember. Yeah, payback can be a biatch. I think I'd, I was doing the show with Pritchard at the time, and I remember betting him. I said, Manning will throw 50 touchdown passes this year. And we made the bet that he was going to throw. And he said, no. I said, yes. 
Oh, it was, he, it was, a, it was a dinner at Shanahan's. He made a history bet, and you made a no. This is a well. He finished with fifty-five, right? But the point is, I remember after that first game, I walked up to Pritch. I'm like, well, I got seven in the bank. <laughs> Pretty good start. Yeah. Coming up after the break, big games this weekend. Of course, one on. Monday as well. You and I are going to make a friendly bet. Friendly. I, brought, I, I brought up Pritch for a reason because we're going to make a dinner bet. We're going to go through the playoffs mm-hmm. every Friday and we're going to pick the games. You can decide during the break. Do we want to go with the spread, without the spread? The loser, and there's no such thing as losers. No, not 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 in this relationship. The the losing guy, he and his wife takes the other guy and his wife to dinner. So in other words, nicest we're, all, we're all winners. We're all winners. We're all winners. That's all right. Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Roller Auctions Twitter feed. At Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman, Wednesday, auction for construction and contracting equipment, including new skid steer attachments, motor graders, wheel loaders, truck tractors, trailers, and more. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. The auction is open right now at rollerauction.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda or find them at sthmazda.com. All right, coming up at the top of the next hour, Joe Madden is going to be joining us on the show. She's an on-air host and analyst for SportsGrid. She is going to give everyone out there the way to bet these games. That's a professional doing it. Okay. Right now, a couple of amateurs are going to do it and oh, give their good. picks. Right. Good. But remember, dinner's on the line for <laughs> our spouses. And you want to go with the spread or without the spread? I, I don't care. Well, what, you tell me. I, I Just uh, pick something. Fine. Go, let's go with the spread. Okay. Browns at Texans. First game of the day on Saturday tomorrow. Texans, give them two points. You know, I'm going to take the Browns. In this, laying the two, I'm laying the two. I like the Browns in this game. Whenever in doubt, for me, pick the defense, and the Browns have the better of the two defenses. And even though the Texans have played well at home, I like the Joe Flacco effect, and the Browns, last game notwithstanding, are playing well. You're going to think I'm playing defense on this. Because I'm going to agree with you. I might agree with you on everything that you say. So we have a wash. The Browns' defense is outstanding. It is. Flacco is playing well. It's a great story. C.J. Stroud has shredded a lot of defenses. Sure has. We'll see if he can do it at home to the Browns. We'll see if he could do it at home. I'm not betting on it. I would would give the points. Dolphins, Chiefs, four and a half points. You started. Uh, With that, I'm not confident in the Chiefs. 
and I'm sure as hell not confident in the Dolphins uh, winning yeah, a meeting. Is there a game that you have less confidence in either of the teams that are playing in it? Right. Right? And you can make the case at one point during the season, you looked at both of those teams and said, that's the best team in the league. Yeah. And whoever loses this game, the fan base and the media will say, this team underachieved. Mm. The but Chiefs the- are only five and four at home. Yeah. Five and four. Yep. That's it. So who do you like? Uh, I'll, I hear you. I'll be contrarian on this. I'll be contrarian on this. And I'll take the points in the Dolphins. Mm. Uh, which is what I probably would have done if I'd been picking first. Here's my deal. Well, you, can, you can pick pick what you think is well, going to happen. He, but, There's only one game on here mm-hmm. that I feel good about. And chances are it's going to be a route the other way. Who have the Dolphins beat? Nobody. Who have they beaten? They beat the Broncos 70 to 20. Yeah. They, they haven't beaten anybody. They haven't beaten anyone. Correct. Right? Yep. They Now, the question is, are the Chiefs someone? No. Let's move this along. We have more games to get to. we got to hit a break. What are you picking? Um, I'm going to take the points with the Dolphins. Okay. Steelers, Bills. Bills laying 10. Bills defensively and on a roll. I hate picking that many. That's too many points against Mike Tomlin. But Mason Rudolph has not engendered a lot of confidence with me. Well, neither has anybody who's played quarterback for them. So you're going to take the Bills. I'm going to take the the Bills and lay the points. As am I. Packers, Cowboys. Cowboys laying seven. What would your dad say? I got to tell you something. The Cowboys are so good at home. I I don't see how you can take... I'd have a very difficult time picking against them. I'm taking the Cowboys at home. Well, we're going chalk here. Okay. Well, I mean. No. Rams, Lions. Lions laying three at home. I'm taking the Lions at home. That's where we'll differ. I'll take the Rams. Got it. Now, Laporta not being out there to me is a very big deal. It is. I think that Stafford is going to want to go show something. But then again, I think Goff is going to want to go show something. Here's the funny thing. I'm going to take the Rams. It would not surprise me if the Lions win by double digits and the game's not even a game. But I feel you on it. Yeah. I I, I, I think that your reasoning is fine. Right. I would, and I'd have no problem going the other way. With on it. Monday, Eagles and the Bucks, and oh this is as much God. of a toss-up as any game you're going to have. The Bucks are at home, and they're getting three against an Eagles team that looks like a hot mess and an unmade bed. You want, you're dying to pick the Eagles, aren't you? Because you're like, okay, they're in the playoffs, they'll focus, and they'll turn it around. There have been players out of that Philadelphia locker room saying, you know, we didn't take our final couple of games seriously. Yeah, but the Eagles got to win by two scores. Why do they have to win by two scores? uh, Three is a push, right? They can win by a touchdown. That's that's, that's double three. Right, right, yeah. Okay, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, okay, I stand corrected. You just had an old-timers moment there. I have many of them, trust me. as do I. I I have many of them. You know what? Even even Brett's laughing at you. I'm going to take the Eagles. I'm going to take I'm going to take the Eagles. Yeah, I am too. I'm going to take the Eagles because they just can't be this damn bad. Right. So the the only game we differ on, Rams-Lions, and I have a feeling the Lions are going to win like 31 to 17. 
Now, either this is two great minds think alike, no. or what in the hell are you guys we'll, thinking about? We'll, we'll bring on Joe Madden. <laughs> She's the expert. She'll tell us what to do. Oh, All right. Uh, and, and Joe's going to be coming on at the top of the hour. Um, with that, what do we have coming up on Just In Case You Missed It? There was a Gabriel Landeskog sighting at Avs practice yesterday. We'll examine his progress. And who did the Patriots hire as their new head coach? That's next on Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle on Mile High Sports. Step one, you say we need to talk He walks, you say sit down, it's just talk Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle Presented by Silterhar Mazda A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda Find them at sthmazda.com Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk Here's Eric and Bruce Welcome back. Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. Reach us. Roller Auctions Twitter feed. At Bruce Hurdle. At Eric Goodman. Wednesday, there's an auction for construction and contracting equipment, including new skid steer attachments, motor graders, wheel loaders, truck tractors, trailers, and more. Get involved. Get notifications. But upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com. Backslash MHS. The auction is open right now at RollerAuction.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Okay, just in case you missed it, Avs captain Gabriel Landeskog skated for the first time since his knee surgery, and although he obviously still has a long way to go, Avs general manager Chris McFarland said to hockey insider Frank Cervalli, Landeskog is indeed a possibility to return for the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's a long way off. A lot needs to go right with his rehab. Uh, what are your thoughts on Chris McFarland not ruling the captain out of a return come playoff time? Gabe Landeskog would be the one guy that I would say plug and play, and he won't be a distraction because he's so in tune with what they try to do from a leadership standpoint, he has the ear of the locker room, all of those things. So I'm not going to hold my breath, but it would be exciting to see a return, especially late in the season, maybe somewhere in the playoffs for a guy like Gabe Landeskog, who immediately makes you better, doesn't he? Period. If he does play in the playoffs and he is 70 to 80 percent of go. himself there you go he is better than almost any trade they can make at the trade deadline. oh that's a great way of putting it seriously that's i think i thought way. of that myself that's a good way of putting it i right appreciate there. that alex the compliments are just flying this morning. no not really not really well wait a <laughs> wait a way to step that back <laughs> well, I mean, but thank you anyway i don't want to be i don't want to be too ingratiating you want to keep me in my place. Well, no, but I mean that but when you stop to think about well, see, here's the deal. The trade deadline is coming up in March, right? Yeah, so, it's, it's a long ways away. Right. But it's not that far away. I mean, 
do if you have the thought of Landeskog, yeah, do you still look to make a yes. trade in March? Yes. Okay. Why not? Why, you should always be looking to improve your team. I suppose that's Plus, right. Plus, not to mention, what if you say we think Landeskog's going to come back, you don't make a trade and he has a setback. Yeah, you're right. You, you, you can't base a trade at the trade deadline on Landeskog's health, a guy who hasn't played in two years. Or will go be going on two years. Right. Can't base your decision on that. That'd be foolish. Hard to believe it's been that long. Yeah. All right, just in case you missed it, the Patriots have hired Gerard Mayo as their next head coach, and he will be formally introduced at a presser next week. <laughs> at 37 years old, Mayo will now become NFL's youngest head coach, taking over a title that Sean McVay had held uh, since he was named the Rams coach in 2017. This you is like- old news. Eric told us this two he days did, ago. He did. No, yesterday. I thought I was giving you even more credit. I well, think it was two days ago. Before he got before he got let yeah. go. Right. I, I mean, you know. That, yeah. was, that was the obvious choice. Well, I'm hearing Dude. now that it was actually written in his contract. Was it? it was well, a, I've heard that. It was I an obvious it was an obvious yes. choice. Good call. Because he was He's looked at as an up-and-comer mm-hmm. in this league. He's already interviewed for yep. head coaching jobs. It's a very seamless transition. He's very different than Bill Belichick. And now there's seven, right? So was it eight? Now there's seven open jobs? And guess what else there is? Continuity. They have continuity. Guy from the same staff, knows yep. the guys, yep. that doesn't have to walk in the building and find where the restrooms are yeah. and introduce himself to people. It's important. It's a seamless transition. Yeah. And he's well-liked and respected in that building. Without question. All righty. Netflix is creating a new NBA documentary series modeled after its NFL quarterback show. Uh, <clears throat> the five players chosen for the first season of the project are LeBron James, Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, Anthony Edwards, and Damanis Sabonis. Uh, LeBron James' Spring Hill Company, Barack Obama's Higher Ground Productions and Peyton Manning's Omaha Productions have teamed up to produce mm. the series, which has uh, started taping. Is this M- is this new NBA doc series something you would be interested in? Maybe, maybe. This is what makes it interesting. Maybe that they're going to film this starting next year, right? Which could be LeBron James' final season, and you will have everything documented from every opposing team that gives them a rocking chair a trip, a set of earrings, whatever it is. Yeah. You're going to be able to document his final year. An in-season tournament banner. How's that worked out for the Lakers, by the way? Not particularly well. No. Hasn't aged, has it? But no, but from that standpoint, that would be cool. Now, people in Denver are like, well, what about, well, what about Nikola Jokic? No, He's that, the best player in the league. That's never going to happen, folks. Well, never. He, he is one guy that absolutely would say, please don't do this. Never. Yeah. I mean, hey, look, you he, pushed him on you pushed him on the parade. Ease up on the the day-to-day cameras being in his face. If that is a hot no from anyone, it's from Nikola Jokic, the third number 15 in Nuggets history. I, I don't I don't outside of LeBron, I don't know the personalities of any of those guys. But wouldn't Dylan Brooks be more interesting? Yeah, wouldn't Draymond yeah, like Green a bad, like a bad guy? Wouldn't Draymond Green yeah. be more interesting? Because you got to look at it as a show, as much as it is how great they are. I, I mean, Jason Tatum doesn't strike me as a guy. This is you know from a couple thousand miles away, right. as a guy who's going to be a real interesting cat who's outspoken. He might be for all I know, 
but they've certainly picked a lot of big names. Steph Curry would be interesting. To yes, me. Sabonis is interesting to me. I, in, I, I mean, from a standpoint of what I don't know. Right. I mean, I know about his family. I know about his dad. I mean, so I guess he'd be all right. That was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, if you want to redesign your entire kitchen, you could do it at Mountain High Appliance. They have a staff that specializes in that. You want something to fit your budget, go to the clearance center in Denver. You and I bought things from there, and it's they were, I mean, great. My washer and dryer works great. I like saving money. As do I for high-end stuff, Mountain Eye Appliance. You can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, we're going to take a deep dive into the NFL playoffs. If you're looking to bet on any of the games, you're going to want to stick around after the break. Joe Madden, on-air host and analyst for SportsGrid, is coming up next. 